Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Katherine Miller. I'm a family lawyer, collaborative family lawyer and mediator with a practice based in Westchester and New York City. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce in New York. And I'm here today with Lori Davis. Lori is the CEO and founder of eFlirt, a personal branding service that helps singles navigate the online dating world and create lasting relationships. And Lori is also the author of the best-selling book, Love at First Click, The Ultimate Guide to Online Dating. Welcome, Laurie. It's great to have you. Hey, thanks for having me. And I thought that we would talk today a little bit about the scary new world of dating that awaits people who are divorcing and thinking about what the future holds for them. I think it's a question that many people have. And one of my personal philosophies about divorce is that it's really useful for people to divorce facing forward, if you know what I mean, to face the future and try to set themselves up through the transition that divorce means for them, facing toward where they want to go rather than from where they came from. And so I'm really delighted to have you here to talk about those issues and and see if we can allay some fears and answer some questions. Yeah, I love that divorce facing forward. I think that a lot of people in their love lives might not know what awaits them either or what they want in the future too. And that in the beginning, dating is kind of an exploratory process to figure it out. Yeah, I think that that's really true. And I remember you saying in a previous time that we were together that it's just a date, you know, that mm-hmm. and I think people give, get so much anxiety and nervousness and like, oh my goodness, I'm meeting my next husband or wife or, you know, whatever. And it, you know, really, no, you're you're just going out and meeting someone and having a few words together. Yeah. It can feel really scary, but if you think about it, we sit next to strangers on the train or at a coffee shop all the time. So really what you're doing is just grabbing a coffee or a cocktail. It's a really casual thing. If it doesn't work out, that's okay. Because especially when you're divorced and you haven't dated in so long, you almost need a little practice. So those first couple of people, it's okay if it's not perfect. It doesn't need to be. And really, no date is perfect anyway. I guess that's true. But before we get too far into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into this field? It's such a different one than anything that was around when I was looking for a career. (laughs) Sure. So my company, eFlirt, I started about six years ago. And I worked in marketing at the time. And during the recession, my job became completely obsolete. I was an independent contractor and I lost all my contracts and I had no idea what to do. And one of my friends called and he told me he was moving in with his girlfriend. And I realized I helped him meet her on match. So we talked about that a little bit. And he said, I could have never done this without your help. I wouldn't have met her. And I started thinking about all of my online dating experience because I started online dating in 2001 when I was only 19. And so I thought a lot about how I figured my own way through it, but also how I had helped so many of my friends just like him 
navigate their way through it too. So I had these success stories already. And if I stepped back and thought about it a bit, it's kind of like marketing your single self when you put up a profile. So really everything that I have been doing for brands applied to online dating too. So I started my company with $50 and a Twitter account six years ago. (laughs) And now I have a staff of experts. We really do consider ourselves a think tank for your heart. Everyone has their own little specialty, just like at a think tank. We've worked with thousands of singles. We have nearly 50 marriages and engagements. Wow, that's Um, awesome. Yeah, and I would say that about 50% of our clients are going through a divorce or have gone through a divorce and are navigating this very muddy, how do I reclaim my love life? Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think that the idea of marketing, right, who you are, and you know, that could have a sort of negative connotation for some people. But I would imagine that part of the process for you with your clients is to help them figure out who they are in a dating context. Yeah. And how they want to then present that and then who they're looking for. And that for some people, I think that could be very hard after a long time, sort of off the market, so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, I think it can to some people on the surface seem a little crude to say we're marketing your love life. But if you think about it, when you're on a dating platform, there are hundreds of thousands of people that you could choose to communicate with. You don't want to attract all those hundreds of thousands of people, just like with any product. They don't want to attract just anyone to buy it either. They have a a target audience. (laughs) And we do the same thing with your dating life so that you're getting less nonsense and riffraff in your inbox, more people that you actually want to connect with. So you end up less disheartened and you go on better dates. So we're just using strategies to really help it be a better emotional experience for you. And to get a better result in, yes. in that you have more fun. Yes, right? definitely. And, and possibly the opportunity to meet a future partner, but at least have a good evening. Exactly. Right? Yep. So I just want to remind everyone, this is Catherine Miller. This is Dialogue on Divorce on WVOX 1460 AM or WVOX.com. Also on iTunes as a podcast. And I'm talking today with Laurie Davis about online dating and looking to the future post-divorce to find a new partner or even just to go out on on the dating scene and have some fun. Mm-hmm. And we're also taking calls today. If anyone is listening live, wants to call 914-636-0110, 914-636-0110, if you have a question for Lori or for me about dating or divorce. But in the meantime, Lori, I was thinking, and we were talking in the car on the way over here about what it's like for people to date during the process of divorce. And that's a question that I get asked a lot too. What about dating? And I think there are some certain cautionary things to talk about that. But how does that come up in your business? Well, I think that a lot of people are unsure, you know, when you're just separated and you haven't legally been divorced yet, how do you go about dating? It comes up quite often. And sometimes it it comes off as, where do I go? What if I meet someone I really like soon on? What happens to the relationship? But also online, what is it like to have a profile up? Is that ever going to work against them? So all these questions I think that people have when they're just separated. And I think that, you know, just on the legal side, people are at various stages in the process, right? And so up until the time that an agreement is signed, they're married, right? And they are 
just not living together. Maybe they're trying to work out a settlement. Maybe they're working, you know, towards a litigation. You know, at, at some point they're likely to settle. Ninety-seven percent of divorces in New York settle before a judge hands down a decision after a trial. But can they date in that period? And then there's a period of time, maybe after they've signed a separation agreement, before they get the actual divorce judgment where they're legally separated. And in that period of time, they're all but divorced, you know, and I think people don't really understand what's the difference between we're separated, we're living separately, but it's informal versus a legal separation, which really is a legal change in status, and then actually a divorce, which is clearly a divorce. And and I find that a lot of times my clients ask me about dating, and then they'll also ask me, do I think it's going to be an issue for them when they go out to date that they're not yet divorced? So, So let's say they're, you know, they're getting close to being legally separated. And they're trying to decide whether or not they're going to do the divorce right away or wait until later. And that's a big question that comes up for them. Do you have an answer to that? Well, I think that there is a difference between being legally divorced and being emotionally divorced. And if you're a lot of people come to me when they're unsure that they're ready to start dating or they think they're ready to start dating. But once we have a conversation, perhaps they're not. And that's one of the things that we talk about is do they feel emotionally divorced? Are they, have they emotionally moved on from this relationship? Because a lot of divorces, sometimes it was on the decline for years and years and years. And perhaps they felt emotionally separated for years before they were actually legally separated. So I really think that honestly, it comes down to feelings and how ready you feel to meet someone new. If you were to meet someone new right now, would that freak you out? (laughs) Because if it would, perhaps it's not time yet (laughs) to start dating. I think that's a really good point. And I think the emotional divorce, you know, my own experience, my own personal experience and my experience of my clients is that it's a long process, Mm -hmm. right? And so there's ready to meet someone new. And then there's, you know, past to the point of being triggered in the old way, right? And that I think takes 10 years. You know, it takes 10 years, you know, give or take, But pretty much that's the number before the old patterns of conflict stop triggering you in the same old ways, right? In that same old, tiresome, boring, maddening, you know, ways. But that doesn't mean you're not ready to move on. You know, have I sort of detached from that relationship enough to form a new one, right? Yeah. And and do I have the sort of the bandwidth left freed up now? so that I can begin a new relationship with somebody else. And a lot of people, when I first start working with them, are scared of meeting someone too. They're ready, they're really excited, but at the same time, there is this little voice in their head that says, oh, what if I did meet someone tomorrow? Like, maybe that's too soon. But the truth is, the likelihood of you jumping right back into another relationship is very unlikely. You're going to have a lot of dates. You're going to have some short-term relationships before you find another partner. And I think it's actually important for you to be realistic with yourself about that timeline too, that it's not going to be something where you say, in a year, I'm going to meet someone else. Don't set that for yourself because it's just going to set you up for disappointment. You need to go through a learning process. You need to really relearn dating because guess what? It's all changed since the last time you were single. I can almost promise you that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that because you were telling me a little bit about it earlier and it really did sound different to me. So I think our listeners would be interested to hear what you mean by that. Yeah. So the way dating works today is it all starts 
much more casually. You date multiple people, which most of my clients, when they hear that the first time, they're like, no way, I am not doing that. I am a one woman type of um, one man type of woman. You mean multiple people at the same time. Right. Multiple people at the same time. And I don't mean multiple full relationships at the same time, but multiple dates. You might go on two first dates in a week, for example. Then you might have a second date the next week and another first date. So you're always going to be at kind of various stages of relationships with different people. You might have one date one night and another date the next night. And it can become a little emotionally confusing if you don't know how to separate one person from the next. But the truth is that once you get the hang of it, it's really empowering because I find that a lot of my clients who are divorced feel that in their last relationship, they met someone, they kind of fell into a relationship together, and then before they knew it, they were married. And now it's a very conscious decision to be in a relationship with someone. In most cases, you have a discussion about exclusivity. And it's kind of an unwritten rule that until you do, you and the other person are dating other people. And so it becomes empowering to have that discussion because you get to choose who you want to be in a relationship with. Like one of my clients that found this so overwhelming initially was so hesitant about it. But once she figured it out, she was like, wow, this is so empowering. And then there were two guys she really liked. So we got rid of everyone else. She focused on these two guys, but she still didn't know which one. So I gave her some questions to ask herself after a date with each of them. And immediately she was like, oh, I know exactly who I need to be with. And she got to choose him. It wasn't just that he liked her and things progressed because he liked her, but they both liked each other. Well, it sounds very proactive. It is very proactive. Yeah. And it, and it sounds like you particularly have a lot of tools to help people think it through in ways in which, especially if people haven't been in the dating world in a long time and, and the culture and the rules and the expectations have mm -hmm. changed in that time, that to really be proactively thinking through some of these things even before you meet people seems to make a lot of sense. Yeah. One of my biggest passions is coaching people because, oh, it's great to help write your profile and you know, teach you how to write a message to someone on a dating site. But there is all this emotional stuff going on in the back end and sometimes new rules that you need to learn. Like you shouldn't go out for dinner on a first date. It's a coffee or a cocktail. That's it. It's just a chance to get to know each other. It's not really even a date. So you don't even need to put that pressure on yourself that it's a date. The second time you meet up, it's more like you're actually opting into that date because you've spent some time together. You know you like each other. So the way that you think about it just needs to shift a tiny bit. But when it does, it becomes such a more powerful experience. I have a couple of questions. But before I ask them, I just want to remind people that this is Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Catherine Miller, and I'm talking today with Lori Davis, the founder of eFlirt, about online dating. We're on WVOX 1460 AM and WVOX.com and as a podcast. And if you have a question for Lori and you're listening live, the number is 914-636-0110, 636-0110. So Lori, what are some of the new rules 
<laughs> other than it's not so long. Like, how do you know how long it's supposed to be? Oh, we're meeting for a drink. Is that like a glass of, you know, Chardonnay or is it, you know, two margaritas? <laughs> well, let me tell you some of these rules. And I also say them, I use the term rules very loosely because I am a true believer that when you meet the right person, you want to break all the rules, that these are not hard things that need to exist forever and ever. So I think you're Mr. Right, but I got to go because Lori <laughs> said I had 45 minutes. <laughs> exactly. They're just guidelines to help you. But the first one, I think the biggest one is that a date is a very casual thing. It's not a date. It's just a chance to meet up with someone and talk to them in real time, where if you met on a dating site, you haven't done that face to face yet. And it should last one cocktail if it's just an okay date and two cocktails if it's a great date. But it's really important to go after the second cocktail, which I know sounds contrary because if you're getting along with someone, you should want to spend more time with them. But if you think about the energy that any type of relationship has, like when you spend a lot of time with one of your friends and you kind of wear each other out. Yeah, you want to end on a high note. Yeah, that's what you're saying, Exactly. You want to end when the energy is at its peak rather than when it's on the decline. So it's really important when everything feels really great to go. (laughs) So you get a second date too. I think that's a great advice. Now, I think this is something that people worry about. So what do you do if you go on the date and the person's a dud? You know, they look really different than they to the picture must have been of someone totally different or they just come across so different in real life than they came across online. Do you have any advice for that? You chug that glass of Chardonnay. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, the truth is that I believe every date is a chance to learn, especially when you're divorced. So whether it's something you're going to learn about yourself or something you're going to learn about who you're going to meet online. So your expectations aren't that, you know, your Prince Charming is going to come off of a horse or maybe something to learn about the way you connect with someone. I think that those are all really important lessons. So I suggest that you still try, that you not show up and be really disappointed and just like give up in your head and chug your wine. I mean, don't stay for longer than a glass and don't set the expectation for your date that, Things went really well when they didn't, but still try to actually genuinely connect with someone and learn what that's like. How can you make first date conversations smoother when things are perhaps a little awkward or feel a little stunted? You know, use it as a an opportunity to challenge yourself. I think that's also really good advice. And in some ways, the judgment that you make, right? You sit down and you're like, oh, I can't believe this person is, you know, heavier or shorter or taller or whatever, wears glasses, whatever it is that it is. And then you have this judgment, you know, this can't be right. They're a bad person because they misrepresented themselves online. And if you can get past that, right, and, and teach yourself to still be open to who they are, maybe they're not your next spouse, right? Or maybe they're not your long term partner, but they could be a really terrific person. And you could really learn something about them and also challenge yourself to get past your own judgment, which could be on the shallow side. Yeah. And I think Two, that it's important to be open-minded in dating. And so perhaps having that glass of wine is going to force you to be a little open-minded. Is it just your first impression that you felt like is being judgy and getting in the way here? Or is this genuinely not 
the right person for you, which is fine too. But open your mind up to the possibility that maybe there is something there, even though the first impression wasn't what you expected. I think that when Especially when you meet online, everything's on paper. So we have pictures, we have information. And if it doesn't line up offline, even if it's not in a bad way, it seems disheartening. But really, if it's just because it's not perfectly in line, doesn't mean that that's not someone who you could connect with. It just means that your expectations were different. We don't all know how to perfectly, perfectly craft who we are. You know, you have to remember that profiles actually are the way that we self-identify. So what we write in our profile is what we think of ourselves, not what the world thinks of us. So what the world thinks of us, it might be a little different when you meet up with them. And that's okay. It's actually, it's part of it. It's part of the fun of it too, is that sometimes someone's better than you expected. (laughs) (laughs) This is Catherine Miller. This is Dialogue on Divorce, and we're talking today with Lori Davis on WVOX, 1460 AM and WVOX.com, and on iTunes as a podcast about online dating. And so let's talk about that profile. All right, so we talked about what happens when the profile doesn't match the person, but how do you write a profile? I mean, I'm sure this is longer than the time we have left in the program to do it, but do you have some tips for people on writing a profile that is how you experience yourself genuinely and also how you want to be seen by the world and also how you think other people experience you in a way that presents yourself in a good light to the people you want to be presented to? Yeah, absolutely. So at my company, eFlirt, we've written thousands of profiles. So we have done a lot of studies internally on what works and what doesn't work in a profile. The truth is that the thing that works best is being specific. Show, don't tell. So rather than saying, I'm intelligent, I'm smart, I'm funny. Well, what type of funny are you? Because there's a lot of different types of funny. Intelligent, same with that, right? What does that mean? Does that mean that you really like to read a lot? Or does that mean that you are into politics? Or like what type of intelligence is important. What type of being active are you? Do you like to try new restaurants or do you like to jump off cliffs? (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's important to be specific about your life. What you're trying to do is give someone a little bit of a glimpse into your life. So worry less about personality traits like funny, fun, active and be more specific and tell a little bit of a story about who you are. And what you like, what you do. Yes. Like that, not not a description, but just more of a story of your life. Make it action oriented. Exactly. And the reason for that is that your profile is really a conversation starter. It's a chance for someone to say hi. And if you just say, I'm funny, I'm smart, I'm active, there's really nothing for them to grab onto to connect with you with. Whereas if you say, I really loved this book, they can say, oh my gosh, I read that book too. Like, what did you think about XYZ? So really get specific with what your life is like. But also, even if the dating site doesn't ask you to to talk about who you want to meet, make sure that you do at least in one short paragraph. And you don't need to make it too specific, but it is important to talk a little bit about who you want to meet so that the right person sees themselves in it. And it's a a little bit of a turnoff to some of that riffraff, those people that you don't want to meet too. <laughs> and don't do it by being negative. I see a lot of people who are divorced will say things like, don't be X, Y, Z, or never message me if. 
And part of it is because they don't want a repeat of what they experienced in their divorce. But you don't want to put your baggage out there in your first impression. You want to keep things positive and keep divorce future forward, right? So, well, it's interesting because I I think, you know, on the statistics on divorce and you know, people are, it's very common knowledge in the culture that 50% of marriages end in divorce, but it's not true. That's a blended statistic that actually first marriages, the rate of divorce is more like 37%. Wow. And, and it's that the rate of divorces for second marriages is so much higher than 50%. It brings it up to that so just quickly before we end, Laurie, where can people reach you? You can reach me at eflirtexpert.com. And do you have any quick recommendations as you know, your three top favorite sites? You know, sites, I feel like are a personal experience. It's all about who you want to meet. So when you join a new site, do the free version and see who's on there before you subscribe. I think that's great advice. Thanks for having, for, thanks for coming and joining us here thanks on Dialogue on me. Divorce. Thanks for having me. 